This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. You know, we've been spending a lot of time talking about yesteryear in the last couple of days, especially in the last hour. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you to rack your brain and see if you can remember a bygone era of American history. Do you remember a time in American history where impeaching a president was actually rare. Until the 1990s, do you know how many of the 41 previous presidents had been impeached? One. One. And never had an elected president impeached. And I remember listening in the 1990s on the radio. Rudy Giuliani was the Republican mayor of New York City, and he was taking a call on his radio show. This is while he was the mayor. He did a radio show. He actually did two radio shows while he was the mayor. And I would listen whenever I could. And he took a call on his radio show from somebody asking his opinion of the Clinton impeachment. And he said, look, I don't agree with Bill Clinton's politics, but this impeachment absolutely should not happen. He went on to explain that for me... Impeaching a president is a very serious thing. It's almost like the 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 republic itself has to be in jeopardy if that person is still in office and is not removed. So I thought, oh, okay, that's a really reasonable explanation. It was in the nineties. Then there was not another president impeached until, of course, Donald Trump. For let's be honest, almost nothing. And then that not being enough, they impeached him a second time, even as he was leaving office, which is just insane. And I remember during the first Trump impeachment, that was very clear that in the Senate, 
the only Republican that was maybe going to invo- uh, vote to impeach Donald Trump was uh, Willard Mitt Romney. And I said to my wife at the time, she, we were not, I don't think we were married yet, but no, we, we were, maybe, yeah, we, maybe we were newly married. I said to her at the time, I said, this is awful. It, it has nothing to do with me having been a Trump supporter. This is awful for what this means for the country. I said, going forward, after this, every single time you have a Congress that is controlled by one party and a president that is controlled by another party, you are going to see that president impeached. And because this has become not something that's done in extraordinary circumstances. This has become politics as usual. This has become just another form of partisan warfare. Now, in the case of Trump, we knew there was no scenario at all that Trump was going to be removed by the United States Senate. I mean, we just knew. The people on record saying they were not going to be voting to remove Trump spoke for itself. And just so sad. It's so sad. And the process of impeachment has really just become a joke on the congressional level. And Nixon resigned in part because there was actually a real chance that he was going to be removed from office. But he resigned because he realized that the process of going through an impeachment trial would totally take up the attention and the focus of the presidency and the Congress at a time when there were a lot of other real problems in the country and the world, and to focus on impeachment would just be a travesty for the country. And so he made the decision to resign. And and again, I, I am... Not a Nixon hater at all. I think uh, because of Watergate, his reputation historically is not in the best place. And, you know, there's obviously some other instances in his history that people point to. But I think if you look at how his statesmanship and how he handled impeachment, and I think if you look at his decision in 1960 not to carry on like a crybaby when the election was stolen from him and accept the official results and actually provide, uh, excuse me, preside over the U.S. Senate and announce the election of his successor or of the new president, his opponent, John F. Kennedy, when the Electoral College voted, to me, that's a statesman. That's a real statesman. And unfortunately, Washington, D.C. is now dominated not by statesmen, but by politicians. And now we are seeing the new Republican Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, pursuing an impeachment strategy against President Biden that he once said would cause irreparable damage to the country when Democrats sought to oust President Trump. He said that during the Trump impeachment, and now he is doing the same thing. Here's Mike Johnson yesterday. But aren't there going to be a lot of conservatives in your party because this has been drummed up for so long? We're going to do impeachment. We're looking at these tax records. We're looking at the Hunter Biden stuff here. That if you guys don't call an impeachment vote in the next few months, they're going to say, wait a minute, that's it. I mean, haven't you put them over the barrel a little bit if you, in fact, do not have a vote to impeach the president of the United States in a couple of months? Chad, we're following the Constitution, and I've made this very clear. 
Remember, my background is constitutional law. I served on impeachment defense team twice under President Trump. We developed, unfortunately, Elisa and I an expertise in this area. This is not something they really covered in law school. Uh, what you know about impeachment, if you look at the Constitution, is it's a heavy authority that's given to the House, specifically to the House. That's where the, the power lies. And next to the declaration of war, you've all heard me say many times, I think it may be the heaviest power that we have. It's very, very serious business. It has to be conducted in that way. The impeachment inquiry is necessary now, as, our, as Whip Emmer just explained, because we've come to this impasse where following the facts where they lead is hitting a stone wall because the White House is impeding that investigation now. They're not allowing witnesses to come forward and thousands of pages of documents. So we have no choice to fulfill our constitutional responsibility. We have to take the next step. We're not making a political decision. It's not. It's a legal decision. So people have feelings about it one way or the other. We can't prejudge the outcome. The Constitution does not permit us to do so. We have to follow the truth where it takes us, and that is exactly what we're going to do. And I'll note, too, I know that, that, that people are um, you know, frustrated sometimes with the, the time that's being invested in this, but this is the way the founders anticipated that something like this would go. No, it's there's, there's no, there shouldn't be any such thing as a snap impeachment, a sham impeachment like the Democrats did against President Trump. This is the opposite of that. And that's why people are getting restless, because they want things to happen quickly. If you follow the Constitution and you do the right thing, you cannot rush it. You have to follow the facts. So Now, I am um, somebody that has a lot of respect for Mike Johnson's constitutional law and his knowledge of the Constitution. Everything that he just said there is nonsense, honestly. I mean, it's just total nonsense. Where he says we're not going to prejudge the facts, I guarantee you every member of the House of Representatives is going to vote uh, and knows exactly how they're going to vote on this issue. I'd say maybe 80 to 90 percent of the Republicans are going to vote to impeach Biden. And I would say 100 percent of the Democrats are not going to impeach Biden. Every single one. When he says this is a legal process, not a political process, that is totally bogus. Every impeachment, Andrew Johnson, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump and Donald Trump and now Joe Biden Every impeachment has been a political process. Why? Because it's done by politicians. They're not able to throw that president in prison. That's something that only the Justice Department can do, can do or the state prosecutorial authorities. This is ridiculous. They're go now, let's play this out, right? There's two ways this can go. They have all their hearings. They call all their witnesses. And then they decide to impeach Joe Biden. Then what happens? Well, the trial goes to the Senate. There is no scenario whatsoever that the Senate removes Joe Biden. So what happened? We just wasted two or three months. When the government's about to shut down, we have 100,000 people a year dying of drug overdoses. We have, uh, we have uh, people rushing to get into the country illegally that are putting an incredible drain on the resources of our states and our cities, and we have a whole lot of international turmoil in places like Eastern Europe, places like the Middle East, and places like Asia. And we're going to waste two or three months on an impeachment proceeding. Why? Why? It makes no sense whatsoever. All right, let's say that's not what happens. Let's say because of the Republicans that have to run in purple districts, people like Michael Lawler and um, Nick LaLota and others, let's say those folks vote not to impeach Biden. Then what have we just done? Where does all this go, these hearings, this testimony? 
you need to move on. This is so foolish. And that's not the word that immediately comes to mind when I think of what's being done here. This makes no sense. I mean, we know why this is being done, honestly, right? I mean, we know. President Trump does not want the blemish of having been impeached on his record, particularly when he's running in a presidential campaign against a guy that I have no doubt that he believes is corrupt, meaning Joe Biden. I guarantee you this is being done and it's being pushed by uh, people in Congress that are very close to President Trump. People like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates and now Mike Johnson. This is being done so that impeachment cannot be used against Donald Trump in a presidential campaign. Now he's got the instant rejoinder. If the Republicans go forward with impeaching Joe Biden, he can just say, well, they, nobody can ever call him the, the impeached president of the United States. Well, I'm running against another guy that's impeached. And that's not what impeachment should be about. It's not. It is absolutely not. Impeachment should be about high crimes and misdemeanors. Impeachment should not be about trying to grasp at straws to find high crimes and misdemeanors and uh, then use that as an excuse to uh, raise money from your base or uh, gin up your base or help your party's presidential candidate. No. You know what's impeachable? If um, you walked into, at the State of the Union, let's say you give your State of the Union address and you uh, you turn around and you shoot the Speaker of the House. That's impeachable. That, uh, that's absolutely impeachable, and I would say it's criminal. I don't believe that there's an exclusion between people that are between things that are impeachable acts versus things that are um, versus things that are criminal. I thought the Trump impeachment was a joke. I thought the Bill Clinton impeachment was incredibly weak. And I think this is a total joke, a total joke. This is going nowhere. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of effort. And the only thing this is going to do, really, I think, is take Republicans that represent congressional districts that Joe Biden won and turn Democrats and independents that might be poised to vote Republican because they're upset with inflation, they're upset about crime, they're upset about the border, they're all going to vote Democrat, because they will all see that this is a joke. This is so foolish. It's politically foolish. It's constitutionally iffy. It's historically short-sighted. And it's legally nonsensical. That's my take on the fact. And they may go forward with this uh, inquiry as soon as today. It, the government's about to shut down. And we're, we're going forward with twiddling our thumbs, impeaching a president that will never be removed from office. At least not in this manner. <sighs> 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. If you look as at what 
Hamilton and others said in the Federalist Papers about what they viewed as impeachable offenses, nothing that Trump or Biden has done rises to that level, at least not what we know. 800-848-9222. That's uh, 800-848-9222. Three open lines if you want to comment. Joe is in Lindbrook. Hi, Joe. Hey, Frank. I'm getting a little confused here. Okay, I agree with you, but the impeachment, but wasn't Nixon, I'm probably a little older than you are, I remember the Nixon thing, he resigned before he was going to be impeached for Watergate? That's right, he he resigned rather than face impeachment, that's right. All right, so I'm confused here. This, I think it's the whole impeachment thing, even with President Clinton, was a farce. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think we're on the, we're on the same page. Yeah, again, I'm confused. I'm probably a little older than but you Joe, are. You I, don't I don't understand. Your real age. Uh, uh, Joe, why are you confused exactly? Well, the simple fact is you're saying impeachment. Okay? Nixon was going to be impeached and removed from office, but he resigns before he, that happened. Right. So what's the confusion exactly? Well, the confusion is Trump, Clinton, and Biden. There's no, there's no high crimes there. Right. So, <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, it's, it's absurd. I mean, and again, thank you, Joe. I, I appreciate the, um, the call. Um, yeah, maybe that's confusing to some people because uh, impeachment in some people's brain is removal from office. No, the impeachment is almost like the indictment. And the trial, the impeachment trial, the decision about whether to remove from office, that's done by the U.S. Senate. And that's uh, that requires a, a supermajority in the U.S. Senate in order to in order to do that. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Pamela's in New Jersey. Hi, Pamela. Hello. Uh, I respectfully disagree. It has to be recorded that people out here are suffering the elderly, I just heard, are the highest suicide rate from depression because they see what's coming. People are dying of fentanyl. People are hurting with money matters. And the border is wide open, and that leaves us at the highest level we've ever been for terrorist threats. It must be recorded. We are not ignorant out here. We understand what impeachment is, well, at least a lot of us so do. Pamela- and we know we know it's not going to change overnight, but it must be recorded for history. So let's say it's recorded, right, as you say. And look, the border issue is a big one. The drug issue is a big one. Inflation is a big one. There are a hundred other areas you could point to as failings of the current administration. What does recording a partisan impeachment, and this is what this would be, it would be blatantly uh, partisan, there would be no, um, no bipartisan support for this at all, what would that actually do for history? Well, I, I, you know, I liked a lot of the things Nixon did, but I was kind of disappointed that he didn't say something about Kennedy. But there was such Shangri-La, Camelot around Kennedy, probably people like today would not listen. So he understood that. But, and, you but, know, I know it's a disruption, but you know what? The Civil War was a big disruption. Well, yeah, and I, I mean, think some things but, should but, have been questioned then with Lincoln. Right. And I mean, nobody did it. And millions of people died. But, Pamela, just, let, just to come back to my question, what would recording this impeachment 
have to do with with history? How would people say, oh, the Republicans impeach their political adversary? What would what would that say for future generations exactly? A lot of us that have morals and ethics and feel that people who are doing wrong to this country, it needs to be documented. And, and we'll feel better about that. Well, you know, sometimes instance, you do things just for the right reason. You don't always get the effect that you want, but sometimes you have to stand up for what's right. Well, so, for instance, um, you, you're talking about the prism of history. The first president who was impeached, Andrew Johnson, what was he impeached for? I'm not discussing that right now. Well, you're not going to do a detour on me. That's well, what well, no, how is it a detour? You're, you're, you're talking not going to do a detour. Pamela, I'm Pamela, talking about here Pamela. and now. Right, but you're talking... No, 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 Pamela, Pamela. What's going on right Pamela, now? Pamela, listen. You said uh, that this is important for history's sake, that people need to be... It needs to be recorded that people were uh, fed up with the border and drug overdoses. If historical... The historical record is so important, and I agree with you that it is, and impeachment creates basically a, a seer or a mark on a president's record, then wouldn't we wouldn't we have seared in our brain why Andrew Johnson was impeached? You're not going to do that. I'm talking about here and now. Okay. We're scared out of our wits. And people with money don't care right now because they can sail through all this. All right. Well, Pamela, I, I can promise you uh, this will do nothing. It will do nothing whatsoever except hurt Republicans that represent purple districts. That's it. That's it. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. E. Frank is in Astoria. Hello, E. Frank. Yes, hello, Frank. Uh, I heard everything that you said right now. And uh, in the case of Richard Nixon, which I am a supporter of, I I was born under his presidency, and I was born under a a war called Vietnam. I, I the other day I was reviewing his uh, resignation speech, and it's quite obvious that they wanted to accuse him of a, a criminal act in high office. So no one will ever know what actually happened with Nixon in regards to his impeachment. But I think that impeachment is a powerful tool to prove that politicians are not above the law. And Frank, you're trying to say that perhaps uh, impeachment is not even or inquiries are not necessary when a president is doing uh, acts of corruption in high levels of office. Or yeah, well, you know, E. Frank, e. Frank uh, thank you. Again, uh, what I could divine about what you were trying to say, I think I disagree with, but uh, as is usually the case when I try and follow your calls, I, I almost get dizzy trying to follow you from sentence to sentence. Um, if someone is not doing a good job as president, you know what you should do? Vote for someone else. That's the solution. That's the solution in a democratic republic. You have the power of the vote. It's not to have these politicians run to the rescue and remove a president that you don't like, but this president's not going to be removed anyway. If by some chance the uh, you know every single uh, democrat in the US Senate has an epiphany and sees what you may perceive to be the light and they switch parties and become republican, and they remove Joe Biden, and then Kamala Harris is president. Do you think any of the problems that Pamela was talking about are going to be better? No. I mean, this is just, it's so pointless. And the only people that are talking about this 
are people that are really playing to the cheap seats. They're, they're honestly playing to people that they think are not that bright. They are hoping to spoon-feed you this impeachment and hope that you shut off your brain and put on your partisan shirt. The way I'm a Met fan, they hope you put on your Republican hat or your Republican shirt and clap like hyenas. Yeah, the guy that we don't like is being impeached. This is ridiculous. It's a waste of time. And any Republican in the House that goes along with this, shame on them. Shame on them. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. At the risk of being crude, there must be 50 ways to leave your lover. 50 ways to leave your lover. You just slip out the back, Jack. Love this song. Make a new plan. It does not actually list 50 ways to leave your lover. Uh, but it's a great song nonetheless. And uh, it is a birthday bumper music selection from uh, my friend Ryan Morgan who is uh, celebrating his birthday today and actually married to another old friend of mine going back decades, uh, Kristen. I knew her when she was uh, Kristen Vigliotti. Now she's obviously Kristen Morgan. They have a couple of children, and uh, they seem pretty happy. Good for them. 
All right. Um, before we continue, I want to make mention of this week's Listener of the Week. This is someone who has been a, a big fan for a long time, for the last three years that this show has lasted, and really has been stellar on most of the 10 criteria that um, that we look at when selecting a Listener of the Week. I mentioned him yesterday in the mail segment because this is probably the last week that he's ever going to qualify as Listener of the Week because he's changing jobs and is now going to have to listen to the program on podcast. This week's Listener of the Week, gentleman that's been listening four hours a day every day, five days a week, is David Ball. David Ball, who characterizes himself as David Ball Facebook fan, is this week's Listener of the Week. So, uh, David, if you email me, uh, we will allow you to pick the bumper music for tomorrow. Frank, you know my email. You have it. You make frequent use of it. You know, David is somebody who uh, not only is he leaving the process of listening live because he's changing his hours, which, okay, he was so turned off about a lot of the posts in the Facebook group, he actually left the Facebook group. He doesn't, he feel, finds a lot of, there's just a handful of people that dominate the whole conversation, and sometimes it gets repetitive. I get what he's saying. Uh, so I would love to get some new people posting in the Facebook group. So if you want to, if you want to participate in the Facebook group, comment about this show, go to facebook.com slash groups slash Radio Morano. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Radio Morano. And it's a group and it's meant to be a forum. I will also say, you know, my wife left the Facebook group a while ago because she doesn't like to see me being insulted and her, her being insulted, sometimes her son being insulted. So she doesn't want to see it. But she can't figure out how, when someone tags her in the Facebook group, not to get tagged. Because that's kind of been the key to still get her to see all the notifications in the Facebook group. People tag her. And then she still sees all the stuff that's in there. So I'm not a Facebook expert, but if anybody knows how to undo that, how to make sure you don't get tagged. I looked in settings. I couldn't find anybody. Uh, but uh, please email me and I'll forward your email to her if there's a, a way to do that. All right. Um, 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. You know, I finally tried some of those rice balls that were in the refrigerator that were left over from, uh, from Sunday's party that was here. You tried them yesterday. What did you think, Matt Blaze? They're okay. I mean, I'm a cheese guy, so right. Exactly. With, What's not to with, like? Anything with melted cheese, I'm there. Yeah. No. Exactly. It was pretty good. You know what I brought in yesterday that um, my uh, neighbor Deborah had given me. She texted me earlier in the day. I saw it when I woke up in the afternoon. She said, "I have some chocolate cake for you to bring in to work." I said, oh, okay, great. And then my wife handled the negotiations over the chocolate cake. Figure I'll bring it into work because, you know, these guys eat everything uh, or anything. And so Rachel says, all right, I'm going to put, you're going to bring that to work, right? Yes. I'm going to put it in a bag for you. She puts it in a bag. I don't look at it until I get here. And then I open it up here. There's two large slices of cake. Now, I kind of thought that it was a cake that was in a box or something. I have to say, I, you know, I'm not really a cake guy, as you know, but it didn't really look that appetizing. It looked like these two beat-up globs of cake 
very much a leftovers leftover. It didn't look like the kind of cake that, oh, we didn't get to put it out, that we had too much food, no one got to eat it. It looked like, I don't know, like almost a cake that somebody started eating and didn't finish. Maybe it was a little beat up by the car ride here too. But I put the cake out and I opened up the tinfoil hoping that people would would try it and check it out and make use of this cake. I didn't try any because, you know, I'm not a chocolate person really and I'm not a cake person. But when I left here yesterday, I saw that it didn't look like anyone had tried the cake. Now, that was before Curtis got here. And Curtis, you know, he really will eat absolutely anything. He might have eaten it. But, uh, Matt Blaze, I noticed you even passed on the cake. Yeah, I just didn't. I, I saw it. I thought it looked pretty good, but I just didn't. I was doing too much to yeah, like, I hear you. get a plate and I have fork and all that stuff. I have been there. All right. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Alan is in Boston. Hello, Alan. Hi, Frank. How are you? Uh, I'm up in Boston, and uh, I uh, spent a lot of time down in the city, and I liked egg cream, but I didn't know how to make an at-home egg cream until a friend of mine uh, showed me how. Wonderful. That's great. My compliments. Well, uh, I I enjoyed that. So uh, let me take a stab at uh, the current topic and uh, see if I can... uh, explain as a caller. So uh, let's take uh, Representative Traficante, the uh, beam me up uh, guy. Right, Traficante. Okay, who was, right, Traficante. Okay. So he, he was a uh, member of Congress, a representative who clearly committed some crimes. And uh, I don't recall whether he was expelled, but he refused to leave Congress. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that's uh, basically okay. correct. Yes. Right. Okay. So now he's out of Congress. It's been established that he clearly committed crimes, but uh, that had to occur in the justice system. And the crimes rose to the level that he was convicted in the federal courts, correct? Correct. Okay. So then he went to prison, okay, and he came out of prison and did various things, uh, Never went back to Congress, like I think Al C. Hastings, who was a judge, and but that's that's getting all muddled. But um, that's I, I getting agree with you. We're uh, unmuddled uh, until I've this. I've been a registered Democrat, a registered Republican, and uh, uh, at certain times things have been better for me. But uh, uh, my big problem with money is uh, I don't know how to save it. Uh, I know how to spend it. And, uh, you know, I am not uh, generally unemployed, so the unemployment level really doesn't affect me, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. And um, I I clearly do not hope that uh, the one-term president who was uh, impeached but uh, not removed from office uh, does not return to uh, the position he had when he was first elected in 2016. Right. Alan, I guess I'm not sure of what Jim Traficant's being expelled from Congress or him uh, going to going to prison, what that has to do with the current impeachment inquiry that the House of Representatives is going forward with. 
Well, it, it, it's just the process that is occurring right now uh, is only relevant to a member of, uh, of the Congress, which to me is the House of Representatives and the Senate. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you, Alan. I appreciate you listening. Appreciate the egg cream information again. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, this is very different from expelling a member of Congress. I mean, I'm against that, too, unless someone is convicted of a crime. And, uh, you know, but the the rules are legislative bodies get to control their membership, right? That is the rule. I just think the, the power of impeachment is being abused. It's being abused by Democrats. It's being abused by Republicans. It's being – and it, now this means that every president – who has an opposing Congress, which most of them end up doing, every president's going to be impeached. What good does that do anybody? Them, the Congress, you? Does that help solve any problems? Of course not. 800-848-9222. Hey, you know, I didn't get to look at any of the um, Golden Globe nominations, but uh, it looks like, I'm just pulling this up now, looks like Oppenheimer did very well in terms of the Golden Globes. Looks like Barbie, which I still have not seen, did very well in terms of the Golden Globes. I'm looking at all the films that were nominated for uh, Golden Globes, and the only one that I've seen so far, and again, I, I since the last two years, I haven't really gotten to see many movies at all. I think the only one at all that I've seen is is Oppenheimer, which I did enjoy, but I haven't seen anything else here. And, uh, yeah, not a single other thing. So this is normally when I would begin my award movie watching season. But, honestly, to find even 90 minutes or two hours with Chasing Around Carmine, it's really quite, diff- it's quite difficult. I'm looking at the television programs as well. I don't think I've seen any of the... Oh, here, there's two that I have seen. In the best television series, musical or comedy, I've seen, and there are two that I love, Only Murders in the Building and Ted Lasso. But, oh, and uh, Rachel Brosnahan got a nomination for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Other than that, I have not seen anything. So there's a total of one, two, three, four, four things out of, I don't know, 50 television shows and movies that are nominated that I've uh, that I've seen. So I guess I'm out of touch. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, there's too many things to watch these days. So it used to be everyone would watch the Academy Awards because they saw all the films. They saw all the movies that were nominated. Then they would watch the Golden Globes because not only had they seen all the movies that were nominated, they saw the TV shows that were nominated. Now we're in an era where not only does everybody get impeached, but we're in an era where it's not unusual for me to encounter someone that's going on and on and on about their favorite TV show. And inevitably, the TV show that they're mentioning is something that I've never even heard of, let alone seen. I mean, I guess it's kind of an embarrassment of riches in that instead of just the same three channels being watched by all of the American people, that you can basically watch whatever kind of programming you want whenever you want to watch it. But I just, uh, I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing the viewership of these award shows, the Academy Awards, Golden Globes, others, plummet, because people haven't seen these things.
All right, 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Hey, this is from the movie Barbie, which I'm told is quite good, actually. We had a lot of critics on from a variety of different backgrounds. We had uh, far right, far left, kind of in the center, and they all seem to say that Barbie's worth seeing. Uh, Here's a clip from Barbie. Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Hold my ice cream, Ken. All right, Ken, you're on. Let's beach off. Anyone who wants to beach him off has to beach me off first. I will beach both of you off at the same time. There you have it. Uh, That's Ken. One of the Kens in the Barbie movie. All right, 800-848-9222, Uh JR's in Baltimore. Hello, JR. Hey, how you doing, Frank? How, how, how you doing, Frank? I was calling uh, on, on the uh, impeachment thing with you. We just talked about uh, Biden and uh, Trump. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, uh, you just a couple of days ago, I wasn't sure what day it was, but I know a couple of, couple of days I was watching Grassley be on the floor and he named all the impeachable things that, uh, that they got on Biden. But I'm like, you know, I, I agree with you to the point of the, the first point where it's getting out of hand, but look who started it. I mean, they opened up the can of worm and then you got, you got all of this and he don't have anything on him, but don't have on Trump, but you got all of these barisma and everything on Biden and Grassley stood up and said, all of these are impeachable. Yeah, I mean, JR, yeah, I, I, I hear it. And I mean, I guess that's the danger of the tit for tat politics is this is just going to continue forever. The Democrats did it to Trump twice. And now the Republicans are going to do it to Biden. And then uh, if the next president is Trump, then when the Democrats take the House again, which right now the Republicans have a very narrow majority, then they're going to do it to Trump again. And then when uh, President Gavin Newsom takes over in 2028 and the Republicans take uh, take the House in 2030, then they're going to do it to Newsom. And no one's going to be removed from office. So I just I just wonder what the value of this is to waste time, money, effort on a process that is going to have no impact on anything. Yeah, I agree, but, but, but damn it, that falls back to where we are now. Like you say, it's going to go from one party to the next. Right, right. And then you're going to have the same scenario of the, the effects is getting screwed around and the, the truth is getting screwed around because they're all going to say, well, he did it, and, and it's going to go from one party to the next. So like you say, if Trump becomes the president, then you're going to have the Democrats back at him again, and it's going to be vice versa. It's, I, I agree with you on that, and it, it's sad, but this, 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 on, in the process, all the truth and the facts get screwed away. So, yeah, you know, you know, thank you, Jr. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the facts and the truth are going to get squared away because I think people have come to view these uh, partisan proceedings, not just impeachment, but we can look at Benghazi. We can look at uh, Russiagate. We can look at uh, anything, really. We've come to view them as so partisan that if it's not your side or someone that you perceive to be objective that's stating what the facts are, you just discount them. I mean, I see this all the time with, um, with uh, let's say, a conservative commentator that will say something that's true and a liberal will say, oh, well, you can't trust that. That's from James O'Keefe or uh, Fox News. And same thing with uh, a liberal. You know, or, you know, on the other side of the equation, you know, um, a liberal publication will come out with facts 
And conservatives, they're so chastened by what they perceive to be media bias. They say, oh, that's from the New York Times. Can't believe it. Just don't believe it. Not going to believe it. So I, I don't think this is going to ha- move the needle at all on people believing anything. I think it's just a waste of time for everyone. 800-848-9222. Uh, this is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. The great David Bowie and Orion Morgan selection, Let's Dance. Hey, you know what the top Google searches were of uh, 2023? I don't love doing all these year-end stories, but sometimes it just is interesting to see what, uh, what people are interested in and what they were interested in throughout the course of the year because it's a, it's a snapshot in time. It, and you could compare the top Google searches of this year versus years ago. Uh, Matt Blaze, any, any, any idea what the top Google search was in, you know, 2023? ChatGPT. No, no, that's uh, that's close. That was the top Wikipedia entry. Okay, then Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. Uh, let me see. N- n- of people, Travis Kelsey was the fifth most searched person on Google in 2023. But but no, Ozempic. No, that's a great guess, and I might have guessed that as well. Uh, no, no, that is not. What are people looking at? All right. Well, the number one, the number one, uh, search, well, in terms of movie and TV shows, the number one search for this year was Barbie and the last of us. Those were the top trending movie and TV shows. And, uh, they inspired a whole bunch of other trends, including Barbenheimer and, but overall, the uh, top trend on Google that people were searching in the news was war in Israel and Gaza. In terms of passings, the most searched passing was Matthew Perry from Friends. And uh, the the top person that was searched, I'll be honest, I would have forgotten this, um, was Damar Hamlin. 
You remember who Demar Hamlin is or was? You remember who he was? Yeah, the football player. That's uh, right. I had a the heart thing. Right, exactly. He people were searching him like crazy. So those were the the top searches for 2023 according to data Google released. The war in Israel and Gaza, Demar Hamlin, and uh, then that was followed. The war in Israel and Gaza was followed by the Ocean Gate Titan submersible, which people were also very interested in. And uh, they, the, if you look at the uh, top trending stories or the top trending entities in the past, that's also that's also pretty interesting. Uh, over the last twenty five years, they put out a whole video of what analyzing what the big trends were in in different years. I'm going to link to it rather than read twenty five years worth of uh, of data because uh, I don't know. I thought it's an interesting thing to look at how what people were searching in the year 2000 versus what they're searching these days, how some things stay the same and others are very different. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Uh, Joe is in North Carolina. Hello, Joe. Yeah, hey. Uh, I got to agree with Pamela. You got to have a historical record of that so that when the kids are taught in school, they ask, why was he impeached? Then they explain to him. Otherwise, there's no record of all the corruption that this character did while he's in office. Well, but, okay, a uh, couple of things here, and I'll get to as many points as we can in the next uh, minute and a half here. But um, Hunter Biden is under criminal indictment, and they're actually going to have to present to a jury evidence, right? I mean, isn't that evidence of at least some corruption that's tangentially related to Joe Biden? Not only not only that, Joe Biden's going to be indicted too. Okay, well, even more so. They, even more they so. also said they also said there's criminal acts by Joe Biden that are jailable. If there's a trial and if there's an indictment of Joe Biden, I think that's even more of historical proof of uh, of the bad acts that you're talking about. But I'm telling you, Joe. People are going to view the uh, Joe Biden impeachment 100 years from now the same way they're going to view the Donald Trump impeachment 100 years from now, the same way that we now view the Andrew Johnson impeachment, which is partisan. A bunch of people in Congress, in the case of Andrew Johnson, the so-called radical Republicans, a bunch of people in Congress didn't like um, Andrew Johnson, and they made up. A reason to impeach him, essentially. By the way, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Andrew Johnson, he was acquitted in the Senate trial by one vote. But then later on, after he left the presidency, and I believe he's the only person ever to do this, he was elected to the U.S. Senate. Can you imagine? He was elected to the U.S. Senate to serve alongside some of the very same people that voted to remove him from office. Isn't that interesting? All right, until next hour, as the great Bob Barker used to say, help control the pet population, get your dog or cat spayed or neutered.